What's up? What's up? What's up? Podcast audience, Chad Belding back at you. Another episode of The Foul Life. We are still on this kick. The Wild Foul 2020-2021 gear issue. I've said it's the Bible of duck hunters, the Bible of goose hunters. I truly mean that. It should be on your newsstands now, in your mailboxes now. We've covered duck calls. We've covered guns. We've covered camo. We've covered blinds. We've covered apparel. We've covered decoys with the one and only freaking Fred Zink. I mean, how do you get better than the master himself and today we are joined by two other masters in their own right one in nerding out over ammunition and marketing ammunition and designing ammunition and he works for the greatest ammunition of all time in the history of the world which is federal premium black cloud please welcome dan compton compton how are you straight out of compton comes a crazy mofo named ice cube from the gang called you know what's with attitude i gotta saw it off go ahead compton i was gonna say like compton's in the house is like to the people over here, to the people over there, to the people, the people, the people, people, the people, the people, people from everywhere watching me. Oh, how are you, brother, from another How are you, man? Awesome. And also, we have one of my favorite people I've ever met in my entire existence in the duck hunting industry, my travels on earth. He said a quote one night in a Yukonuba dog food dinner that we're not going to ever repeat. He is the man, the myth, the legend, builds the absolute greatest choke tubes his technology his seracoding everything that he does from the forcing cones you've heard him here on the foul life podcast before he hails from the great state of arkansas he owns and operates with many great employees on his crew rob roberts custom gunworks rob how are you sir doing good i hope you don't expect me to do any of that rap stuff uh you know i am from arkansas that ain't happening i'm more like the hee-haw guy where he slaps himself and goes he 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 and does that that's more of my rap okay? i don't know if that was deliverance or hee-haw which one was that <laughs> i've seen a clip last night and i thought oh my god that was 100 years ago tv but, was so uh, good back then the golden girls are trying to kick that off of tv now yeah i mean but anyway Last but not least, you guys have heard him before. We call him Skipper, his real name. I don't even know his real name. I do know his real name, but I won't let it out of the bag unless he wants to. He goes by Skip. He is the man. He is the man behind OSG, Intermedia, Wildfowl, Gundog, Predator Nation Magazine. Skip Knowles, welcome back. How are you today? Very good, sir. Happy to be here. Stoked, actually. And if you must know, it's Frank Joseph Knowles IV, actually. <laughs> True story. You can see why I don't use it. <laughs> I like it, Frankie. You see why you went with Skip, yeah. The staggering byline. <laughs> Just call me Skip. Skia. Well, I now think it's not two syllables. Skia. I love it. I've heard this subject talked about before on many different levels because I'm I absolutely love the idea of shotgunning and patterning and ammo and the everything that goes into the engineering and the design of all three of those. And I've said it so many times, and I'm not afraid to say it on this podcast, that when you mix a Benelli, Super Black Eagle 3 or an M2, with a high-vis sight and a Rob Roberts choke tube, and out of that system comes Federal Black Cloud, you can have it in 12 or 20, um, you can't get better. You just can't. It's, it's, it's impossible. I know that there's people out there that would say that they have their favorites. In my opinion, that combination right there, because of the individuals on this, um, on this episode today, plus many other people in the federal family and the Rob Roberts family. But when that combination works day in and day out and so consistently skip Knowles, I have a hard time believing that we don't, 
we, there's no argument there because I've seen it day in and day out. And where I'm going with that is that we owe it to the ducks. We owe it to the animals that we're pursuing to harvest them ethically and quickly with no cripples. And I know that cripples happen, but nothing that's inhumane. And with when you mix what Rob has built with his choke tube system, his patterning system, his everything that he does in his custom gun shop, and what Compton and the boys do at Federal Black Cloud, and you mix that flex wad and the, the different ingredients inside that shell, inside that bullet, as they call it in the South. A lot of people in the South, I've said it before, Bullets are like cigarettes in prison down there, right? I mean, people will die for a case of shotgun shells in the South. So I have you guys on here today because of the gear issue. And when you open that gear issue, you're going to see all of these combinations and all of these. There's, there's other ammunition manufacturers. There's other shotgun manufacturers and choke to manufacturers and, 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 and this and that. I'm just saying that this combination, I wanted to get you guys on here because we can talk about patterning and choke tubes and, and, and ammunition and how it all comes together to take care of that mallard duck, that Canada goose, that speck, that snow ethically and quickly and inhumanely. So that's where I'm coming off. I'm not on a soapbox. I'm just saying that there's a right way to kill animals and there's a wrong way to kill animals. So I want to start with Skip about when you think about all of your hunting adventures, I want you to keep this in mind for the next 60 minutes, Skip Knowles, Frankie. I want you to think about there's one, there's one product during your hunt that comes in contact with the live animal that you're chasing. There is another part of your hunt that comes in contact and that's your dog's mouth when he retrieves it, he or she retrieves it. But ammunition out of that choke tube that Rob builds is the only thing that touches them besides my calling touches their ear and it's so romantic. They have no choice but to come closer. But the only product that touches that animal Rob Roberts and Dan Compton, Skip Knowles is the BBs coming out of that black cloud through that choke tube that Rob builds. So that's what I want to keep in mind as we talk about this. How important is that part of the hunt? It's the most important part. It's got to be. It's that. That's the. That's the impact. That's what is going to make or break the hunt and put food on your family's table. And we're all providers here. So let's start, Skip, with any thoughts that you have when you write this magazine and you laid it out and you see what Black Cloud does and what Rob Roberts does. And these guys are geniuses at what they do. What do you want to accomplish today? and find out i would like people to just understand the importance of this stuff um i've been shocked at how many times i'm in i'm in a duck line with a bunch of guides a bunch of veterans a bunch of pros and everyone prides themselves on getting them as close as they can let's be honest chad especially with geese that happens i mean the 20 yard thing happens maybe 20 percent of the time especially with big geese late season um and i've just been shocked at the number of guys who are like oh, i'll just shoot whatever ammo man that that modified choke's been welded in the into my beat up gun forever. They just don't think it matters. And I know when the geese are 40, 45 yards away and completely killable with the right combination and they're just spraying them. You can hear the pellets hit a bird. Sometimes it's unethical to even um, hit them and not kill them. Like you said, and it just, I want to drive home the importance of it and how, cause I've been in some situations where we've done things as Dan has seen once or twice. Um, they're just remarkable when the right choke and the right load hit the right, um, choke the, the combination come together it's unbelievable what, what, they, what they're capable of and also what they're not capable of and so many people don't understand that and I'm, i want people to understand it and, I, <laughs> and, and, I, and that's where i want to take it is that when you when you open up the gear issue it's hard to fathom how many hours that you and Layden and the crew have in that book 
we just look at it and we're like, oh my God, it's here. It's the Bible. It's here. But nobody ever stops to think like, gee, I wonder how many late nights Skip had. I wonder how much research Skip did and how many, how many hours that Layden did this and John Gordon did this and the writers did this. Nobody gets that part of it. So when they see that duck on the ground, it comes back and you're holding it up for your pictures and all of the little Instagram stuff that we all love. I know Rob is a fanatic about Instagram. He's on there nonstop with selfies <laughs> and shit. It's like, it's like you think about how many hours has Rob Roberts and Dan Compton dedicated to the success of the American Canadian world waterfowl hunter. And I know that you guys do a lot of other ammo and a lot of, you know, rifles and, and all of that, but we're talking about waterfowl hunting today and the gear issue. Nobody skip ever stops to think about, I wonder how many sleepless nights Rob Roberts has had on the design and the specification and the perfection of his system. How many meetings has Dan Compton, how many miles and air miles has Dan Compton put in? How many factory tours and walks and meeting and all the stuff that goes into the strategizing of black cloud, the number one selling ammo in the world. It's, there's nothing close to it. So that's what I try to stop and think is like, what are we really looking at here? And it's the precision, it's the expertise, it's the knowledge, it's everything that all of those hours go into that a lot of people don't account for when they pull that trigger. And that's what I wanted to get in is like, what really is happening at behind closed doors that make our hunt so successful? So Rob, if you think about what we did at your place this year in Arkansas, you're doing that every minute of every day with your crew, you are seeing things, tendencies, why people are shooting high, why a gun shooting low into the left, why there's only this many pellets on target in a 36 inch circle at 30 yards. You could, I, you could wrap that stuff off. I could put you on the hot seat right now and you'll just be like, boom, 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 because you get it and you've studied it. And that's what I want people to take away from this podcast today is that this isn't guesswork. This has been proven over and over, right? Rob Roberts. Yes, we actually we're working on some new stuff. I've been t I was actually talking to Dan yesterday. Um, we've got some stuff that uh, we have spent the last three months really going into. We won't do it today. Uh, this is something for the near future, but we are breaking it down even more so than we've ever done before. We've taken stuff that we did 25 years ago and tried to put it into play to see is this. Is this work? Is there something we missed? Uh, let's try this again. Let's try that again. I'm talking from just all kinds of different things, from wad stripping to to parallel sections to all different types of things, porting, non-porting, all this stuff. And we are we are just uh, putting the intel together because the bottom line is, you know, there's great guys. There's great guys that can go out and call me. I sound like a big old farting in a fruit jar when I blow a duck call. I'm, I usually hunt with guys that can call, you know? And so when you have that aspect going, you've got to be able to shoot. And I'm a hundred percent with you. We look for overkill. You owe it as a sportsman. When that bird flies in to kill it, kill it dead. Don't have it fly off. The dog chases it for two miles and don't find the couch, get it, whatever the case may be. Uh, I look at a sportsman as somebody that when he shoots, it just like a puff of feathers and it hits the ground dead. If somebody shoots me, I want you to shoot me dead. Don't let me limp off. But uh, it, um, it it is funny that you mentioned that because we are working in the next couple of months. Um, we are really, we're, we've really went deep more so than we ever have before. So uh, we got some cool stuff that we will talk about future, future cast. And Dan, would you say that the same thing as the culture of federal of that? It's I, I, for one, have always asked people, especially in the federal family and the Benelli family is like, you can't make any better. 
just stop right now. Just you guys could probably all be laid off right now. And that's not a joke. It's like, how can you get better? Why are you still there? Compton, you can't make what you did last year any better, but you can. And that's, what's so riveting is that Rob's, uh, you know, he's hinting to it, Dan, but you're always that guy on the forefront of the cutting edge with your company and the brand of federal premium is like, there's new materials, there's new science, there's new technology, there's new engineering. It's never ending. Right. Dan Compton. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of blown away. Cause I'm, I'm a cog in a wheel, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be the marketing guy. So I get to go in, I sit, I meet with Eric Carlson's of the world, Adam Moser's engineer guys that, that you've met for. I get to say, I need this load and I need it to shoot a minimum of 75% pattern efficiency at 40 yards. And then they take off. And l- like when we redid the black, when we redid the wad and we, be, we did the flex wad, when we updated it, you know, my, my goal for the team was it has to shoot as good or better than the wad did before. It can't go, it can't be worse. And then just to watch them kind of go in the iterations that go into it by, you know, the slits in the wad, if they add a thousandth of an inch versus this iteration, like what did that do to the pattern going from three slits to four slits or the internal dimensions and just watching them figure that out and say, well, what if we do this and we make this longer and here? And sometimes you're, you're, you're scrapping for just it. And Rob can probably attest to this. You know, you're scrapping for that last 3%, you know, that's going to put you over the hump, right? You know, you're, you're almost there and you're like, well, we could probably call it good, but I want five more pellets out of the load or whatever. And, and that's the, that's like, that's the dedication, the love and the smarts you know, that go into it. And we won't settle for it until we get. Okay. So Dan, stay on, stay on with me for a second. If you can, yep. I don't know if you can face your microphone a little bit more, okay. I'll give a little bit of Yeah. If you can, but, um, the gear issues in the mailbox, the the end consumer is excited as heck. The Bible is finally here. And I don't say Bible lightly. I, I am not comparing it to the Holy Father, any of that, okay? I'm just saying that it has become, per se, the Bible of duck and goose hunters. I just always want to make sure that people don't think I'm taking that out of context. But they look in there and they see this picture of a box. And it says black cloud on it, and it might, you know, and it's it might be a twelve gauge, might be tw- it might be three inch, might be three and a half inch, might you know, it might be a seven, or it might be a BB, it might be a two, it might be a three. What are we trying to educate people with at that level? Because there's got to be that touch point, right? There's got to be the performance factor of what you and Rob do on a daily basis. People have to see that, which that's what's going to differentiate the content part of it and your marketing and all of that, and what Rob's alluding to. But when that magazine's open, what is a company like Federal? You just said that you're in marketing. What can you get through to that reader in Skip's magazine that him and Layden take so many hours to lay out? What can the reader expect to see on Black Cloud and Federal Premium in the gear issue? They're going to look and say, I got a load for no matter what I'm doing. I got something that's going to be there for me. You know, whatever, whatever gauge, whatever, whatever duck I'm trying to pursue, whatever goose I'm going after. And then they're going to see... Um, hopefully we break down into the technology. They're going to see that, you know, for one, you just, you got the federal name, which means quality. You're going to know if you got shot inside that load, it's going to be ball bearing grade, which means take them out, cut them up, mic them. And they're all going to mic same, you know, you get the same thousands and a two is going to be a two and a three is going to be a three. There's competitor shells. You open up, cut them up and you could have anything from, you know, twos to sevens in there. You know, I see Rob nodding his head. So, you know, every load is going to be designed to do a specific thing. You're going to know that, that we, when we tested it, we're going to test it from minus 30 to uh, degrees up to 130 degrees so that we get the same pressure every time. 
and that as you get colder, guns have a tendency to misfire. So we did, we typically design them to, to cover that. And then, you know, you're going to have one of probably the best design wads that's ever come out there that's designed to hold super tight and what I would say efficient pattern, you know, edge to edge coverage. We've done everything we can to minimize the whole. But yeah, and all that together, you know, like, you know, I, I love you. You've said it before, you know, pull the trigger, send the dollar. I, I, that's, that's my federal quote. It's really that's what the I goal. mean. That's the goal every time. Well, that's that. And I was going to ask Rob, Rob Roberts, this Rob, Rob Roberts, Rob, Rob Roberts. That's like a rap name right there. I love that. Rob, Rob <laughs> Roberts. Um, what if somebody opened wildfowl Rob and they saw this picture, this full page ad, and it just had this quote. And it was the quote that I said at the beginning of this conversation podcast of Benelli plus this, plus this, plus this. And it was hive is plus Rob Roberts plus federal premium black cloud. Well, you can't get better. I hope everybody reads it. <laughs> so, so, but, would you, but I'm with you. And you know, the one you've done it, you've done it, you've done it. Sorry, Rob, but you've done enough testing. Would you validate that with a, a, an amen? Or would you say, well, Chad's a little off here, or are you allowed to talk about how special federal premium really is in your testing? No, it it is. And you know, one of the probably the most important thing out there with especially waterfowl loads, you know, we deal with all of it, turkey loads, buckshot, all that kind of stuff. But waterfowl loads, you want consistency. And that's something, you know, just like the black cloud, it's consistent, you're going to get the same thing, whether you buy this case last year, six months from now, whatever the case may be. And that's one of the most important things. You know, people don't realize how important it is to take care of your ammo. And we've talked about that before where, um, you know, you see, and I kind of feel sorry for some of the ammo guys when uh, people are getting barrels that are bulged and choke tubes are split and they blame it on us. And of course, you know, we turn around and blame it right on, you know, them guys. But no, in reality, what happens is they're keeping their choke or they're, they're keeping their ammo in bad conditions, if that ammo gets down and it's out there and 10 below zero, you know, and you go out and shoot it, you, you're more tendency to have bloop loads and everything else. So when you take a load such as this black cloud, um, you're just finding so much consistency. Your patterns are same. And like I said, you're high and low on your temps, everything. It, it's, uh, you don't, you don't hear about it. You know, we hear about it. We, we actually see the loads that come in and we're not naming names and we're not trying to downgrade the rest of the world. Uh, we see certain companies that have a whole bunch of, Hey, my barrel blew up or I split this and split that. And a lot of times it's, it's usually the user, uh, you know, they'll, they'll blame it on the ammo every time, but you got to take care of it. You got to take care of the ammo just like you do there. You can leave your gun in the boat overnight. Don't leave your ammo in the boat overnight, you know? And so, uh, but consistency is the main thing I would say on, on any of it. When you're getting, you're getting good patterns, um, you know, just especially like me, I hunt lots of rice fields. So, um, the fad today is everybody going into the small gauge stuff and, and that's fine. If you're in an area where, you know, you're going to shoot everything at 20, 25 yards, I, I don't have that. You know, I, I shoot lots of 12 gauge stuff on ducks because most of the time we're out here in a rice field somewhere. When the wind gets up, it gets heavy. We got to have something to kill. And, and that's, that's a great load for it. You take your consistency, you take that, that wad design and everything else. And, um, because now you're actually shooting 40, 50 yard ducks and, uh, you know, you got to have something that's working consistently to do that. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of this is that you could watch what we do on TV and how anal I've become and Compton's hunted with me. And I get a lot of people going, call the shot. Why didn't he call the shot? What do you do? And okay. 
that's just my, I, I see Compton laughing and it's, I've had George Thompson at Benelli threaten my life. Like, and he told me I'll never hunt with you again. He's called me every name in the book. I, I do it on purpose. I'll have mallards walking on top of his blind and I won't call this shot just to piss him off. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's my, not everybody hunts that way. Okay. Not everybody has the the luxury of waking up in the morning. I'm, and, and I'm very thankful and humble by it. But if it's raining, I might say we're not going today because I don't want the cameras to get wet. Where a lot of people, that's their only day. So they might not be able to get them in that tight because of shadows and the sun's not shining. It's a low ceiling. It's a dead day. There's no wind. There's a lot of different elements of mother nature that takes place that can, you know, that can make it make or break a hunt. So what Rob's saying is very key, Dan Compton, of there are going to be times where ducks are shot at at 45, 50 yards. And that's where you see the balance and the consistency of a 15 yard decoy and duck over the mojo and under over the blocks. And then a 45 passing shot, because it might be not, it might not be a decoying day and you want to eat some duck poppers that night at duck camp. So talk to me a little bit about that, Dan, and how you can, 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 can focus or your, your, your marketing efforts or how you can educate the customer of like, Here's the question for you, Dan. Let's just start with this question. Wildfowl opened up. I'm going to Canada for the first time. I'm going to be concentrating on mallards and Canada geese of the, the, the bigger variety Canada geese. What would you tell me to go buy before I leave to cross the border to Saskatchewan? I'd probably tell you I would go with the grab bag if it was me. Um, I would go with three-inch double Bs, you know, of our uh, – our ounce and a quarter load. So I, there's speed. Typically you see an ounce and an eighth, a little faster, ounce and a quarter, a little slower. I tend to lean towards more pellets. You know, I like more pellets in a, in a pattern. So I would say, look for our ounce and a quarter, double B, three inch load, and then ounce and a quarter, double B, or I'm sorry, ounce and a quarter, number twos. And that's probably what I would, what I would go with. Cause that's going to be general all around, especially up there. You're probably looking at some, like you said, bigger mallards, and you know, average size geese, the larger size geese, and that's going to cover you. We do have a one shot, which is right in the middle, and that's kind of the sweet spot in my heart. I, I really just feel like I've always shot better with ones. Um, I don't, I can't scientifically back that up, but I just know that that that's experience has worked for me. But that's what I tell you to go for. I'd three inch, three inch ones is your favorite. Inch twos. Okay, so so when you when you, when you're educating that consumer. Mm -hmm. the hole is the same length rob roberts and dan compton and skip Knowles. it's three inches yep. the size is what that letter the bb means and the two and the one and the three right so if you grab your chart there dan i like asking you yeah. the nerd stuff of how much bigger rob roberts is a bb bb of a bb shot size is it way bigger than a number two shot no, it's and I'll tell you something. We we've taken the chokes because we get a lot of people that ask uh, BBs to twos to threes, which is probably the most common of all of them. Twos, threes, and BBs. Um, we find that you're just kind of filling in the void, if you would. Um, the patterns are coming out. Uh, I know out of our chokes, we we'll go out forty yards. We're getting the same patterns with let's say a T two with the BBs as we are the twos or the threes. Uh, you're just filling in more void, and so. Uh, the one thing like Dan was talking about on BBs, you're killing everything. You don't have to worry about it. You're killing, um, if you're in Canada, you're, you know, you're killing coyotes or, oh, oh, I'm sorry, ravens, uh, wait a minute, geese, <laughs> um, pigeons. Uh, no, you're getting everything with it. I mean, they, they will go down to it. Um, I seen a white cat one time, got real bad trouble with it. But twos, I'm, I'm more of a deuce guy. So twos will go over everything. It is kind of the, uh, happy go for, for pretty much everything that ails you. But, um, 
Uh, yes, and three inch. Another thing, a lot of guys go to three and a half. They they absolutely think if they're not shooting a three and a half, they're not killing. And that's not the case. Normally, you see the guys that are backing off two three inch shells or three inch shells at this point here. And what they're finding is they're not getting beat up so bad. So they're actually quicker, you know, acquisition to their next shot to the next. They're killing more. And and you're seeing a lot of the twenty guy twenty gauge guys doing the same thing because they're not getting beat up and the recoil and everything else. They're shooting better. You know, some guys may walk out there and they're in great shape and they. They're rough and tough, and three and a half don't bother. But, uh, you know, kind of like what you asked him, I, I would take uh, 12 gauge and three inch shells, is what I'd be loaded up with. You know, I mean, that's uh, that, that'll do everything you need to do, whether you're in Alberta, Saskatchewan, or wherever other province or whatever. Well, you go I, could, to. I could back that up before I go back to Compton is that I've never shot a three and a half inch shell in Canada. Um, I have shot them in the States. I'm, I, you know, they're, they, they are what they are. And, and the black clouds, they'll kill, they kill. There ain't no doubt, but I am that transit. I'm that acquisition guy. I am more about the fluency and, and being more athletic of, of, of target to target and acquiring that target and, and, and killing them dead. And I take a lot of pride in being able to call the shot and then envision where the ducks are going to go. Once that shot's called, like teal might go straight up. So you're boom, boom. And you're doing that. Or a mallard might do something that, is more matrixy, you know, and a widget. I've seen widget cut the air to where you're like, wow, man, that thing just dodged a bunch of B. So I'm trying to visualize that and get my shot in the place that it's supposed to be. And a three and a half, they work. But Dan, when you're reading that chart and, and, and you said that you're going to take BBs and three inch and you're going to take twos, what is the difference as far as number of, of BBs inside that hole of black cloud? Yeah, Rob, I mean, Rob said something that, that really struck home, too. He's like, that that pattern circle, it's going to be about the same. You know, so at 30 inches, you're filling up about, you know, 30 yards, 40 yards. Your outer rim of the pattern is the same. Going from a, a double B, it's going to have 90 pellets. And a two is going to have 156. So you're getting 66 more pellets to fill up that hole. 156, so you're getting 66 more pellets. Is that right? Yes. 66. I don't know. I don't know, Rob, if you're looking at 66 more pellets and you have a three, you have a 30 inch circle, how many more of those, of, of those 66 left over of the 90 something that you have in the BB are going to be in that circle and on that bird? Well, that's, you know, you do have shot strings and stuff like that. That's not, you know, that we're not talking about at this point. So as it's traveling through the air, it's probably going to help you more so on the lead factor than it is actually hitting it. You know what I mean? So in other words, uh, if you're a little too far out in front of that bird, that longer shot string is still hitting him. Um, I know I'm not explaining that very well. A shot string is the length of the shot in the air. So even though you got those more, you know, 60 some more pellets, they're not all hitting there at exactly the same time. So what I'm saying is, as that goes through, you know, you might be getting the tail end of this, so you're still killing the duck. And so that, that would probably come into play more so. And um, quite frankly, I, I've not seen any problems with the, even the threes on there when you go to Canada on killing these geese. Now, late, late, really cold, definitely you'd want BBs. You know, run your temperatures with that stuff. And, uh, but uh, like I said, those extra pellets are helping um, more so in the shot string than they are just actually hitting the paper. I don't think I've explained no, I, no, it very it makes, well to you. But. No, I think that you've explained it fine. And I think that 
I think that what you said is like, if you're not getting the, the center mass, right? If you're not, the center mass isn't connecting on the contact point of the keel, that tail end still has enough in it with those extra BBs with enough velocity and firepower still to still harvest the animal dead. Is that kind of where you're yeah. going with it? Well, some, some people think, well, I'm going to go to threes over BBs because that's going to put more pellets in the air inside the circle that's, you know, it's going to hit them. That's not the case. It's actually streaming it this way a little further you know what i mean and so as that shot streams going through there you've got more pellets um then why would anybody ever shoot a 28 gauge because i always thought that the reason that you would shoot a 28 gauge is that you have so much more killing capability with the amount of bbs that are coming out of that hole with enough firepower still why would you ever shoot a 28 gauge if that's if 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 it's not the number of bbs coming out of that hole necessarily well, I, I don't duck hunt with a 28, but, that, <laughs> but, but that's saying, uh, wind's your factor. You know what I mean? Take your conditions into factor. I, I've hunted with some guys up in Missouri that are just great guys, and they, they have the holes that uh, these birds are coming in, and they are literally dropping in your face at 20 yards when they come through the timber, and that 28 gauge is just it's, it mops them up. It, it's great because a 28 gauge, and I'm not a small gauge guy anyway. You know, it's just like um, 410s on turkeys. The world has went crazy over a 410 on turkeys. They love them. I'm not the big fan. 28 gauge, I am a fan because that is a great caliber. And, um, um, you know, especially on the wing shooting side of it. Um, but, yes, that that uh, I'm not going to go to Canada with uh, 28. Uh, well, that's the only thing I can carry up there. So, yeah, it's changed the game with that. The first time I shot a 28 gauge was the first time I uh, filmed in World of Red a TV up there. And went to Tony Vandemore's place and took a couple of uh, 28 gauges there. And he was apprehensive. He thought they were 20 gauges. He's like, okay, we'll do this. He found out they were 28s. And, you know, his big baseball player hands, they looked tiny in his hands, little four-pound gun, five-pound gun. We were shocked uh, because we used some tungsten mix. But that's the thing with, the, with that stuff. You use any tungsten mix, and it's murderous stuff. You can kill them right out to 40 yards. Shoot mallards so dead, they drop into tree limbs and won't flop out. You know I mean? No cripples. It's, it, they're incredible, but it's the ammo. It's the ammo is a huge part of that. That's where the right custom in. shop's going to come in. Yeah, hmm? for sure. yeah. That's where your custom shop's going to come in on that. Yeah, well, I'd like to, I'd like to have, I'd like to get in on this custom shop. Do you have to have like a, a member's jacket or something to get into yeah, this deal, kind of, Compton? It's similar to that. So. <laughs> members only. Rob's been, yeah, Rob's been there. I don't, I don't yeah. You'll, you'll yes. get someday. Yeah, Rob's been there. Yeah, I know, cool I, I know, I know Brian Kelvington. There you go. So when you're, when you start talking about that magazine again, Dan, and you're, and this, I, I want to, I want us to keep, keep in mind of like, we, I think a lot of us on this, it, it, as much as we've seen in the field and the, in the testing that you guys have done, I self-admittingly can take things for granted once in a while on how special it is of what we're getting to shoot and operate with, with what we get to do. And I want to get this message across to this in consumer and these guys and girls that are really getting in to this heritage and, and lifestyle of duck hunting of how do you get more educated on this part of the game? And why are the guys at the top of the game that like you just mentioned, Tony Vandemore, I don't know how many shotguns I've patterned with Fred Zink where I've Freddie's deadly with a, a Benelli like the and I know that he shoots Brownie now but back when I was hunting with him was before his Brownie days he's deadly but we always went out and patterned so I want to move into 
you have the ammo now. Do you do you tell your customer, Dan Compton, that you owe it to yourself and the bird to go out and make sure you understand what those that those bullets are those BBs are doing when they leave that muzzle and that choke tube? What what's going on on target? It's not just going out and shooting sporting clays, right, and hitting one out of every seven to go. Oh, I'm ready to go duck hunting. It, we have to go put this on paper, correct, or a patterning board? Absolutely. It, it's it's like one of the, one of the things I've always heard people talk about, always heard people recommend, and very few people I think actually go out and do it. And the main thing, it's just gonna it's gonna show you what your gun likes the best. You know, your your gun's probably gonna have a load that it likes the best. And if we were saying, you know, shooting double Bs versus twos, and that twos is giving you that more consistent pattern, I would take the more consistent pattern over the bigger shot any day. And then it's just gonna show you that point of aim of the bird. You know, like you know, my I shoot the pattern and where I'm aiming, you know, maybe it's high or maybe low or maybe it's off to the left and you could go out in the field and think you're beating them right every time and <clears throat> you're padded shooting at a piece of cardboard is going to give you going to tell you whether you're right or wrong yeah and i think that what i experienced being at rob's place and people reading wildfowl again of my statement in the beginning of this conversation of how many hours have gone into this i left there going man like the technology that Rob is testing with is on a different level. And he's got some of the, you know, I, I, from what I hear through the rumor mill is that federal and Rob Roberts have like three out of the four machines that have were ever constructed. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but just seeing the precision of what I was doing and how him and his guys could say, well, you might be pulling off. You might be jerk a little bit. What are you doing at 30 yards compared to 35? You're, you might be shooting a little bit low and right, but your center of impact is still enough there. It's like, I, I have all the paperwork here. I look at it with my brothers because we're going to put this episode together. Rob sent me home with a freaking like a syllabus of stuff to have ready for your college exams. And it's just like all this nerd stuff that I'm like, that's what, that's what you owe to those birds. And I'm so geeked out by it. Compton of you can, we, we live, we're living in the golden age of being a shotgunner right now with the innovation, the technology and, and the testing that can happen and what you guys are building. Why not take advantage of that? Why not go out, go to Arkansas and visit Rob when you're down that way and, and get on his board and see what you're doing. But a lot of customers, Rob Roberts, they entrust you to build their gun out with your system and they've never visited your place. So how can the end consumer reading wildfowl know that their gun's going to come back to them and do what we're, what Compton and you were talking about, you know, on this podcast, if they're, well, if they've can, never been there shooting with you. No, but they can take some of the information like on the sheets and stuff that comes back. And we try not to overwhelm them by bringing, you know, here's a whole notebook full of paper. You need to look at this, look at that, look at this. And it, it is what you, what we try to do is when we get done is we try to make sure that the gun is shooting straight and it's in the right spot and it likes this with that. You know, for example, if we go out, we get back, we're, we're going to tell them, okay, your gun likes, um, like we're talking the black cloud there, a three inch number two black cloud. Um, here's what the pattern is doing, shooting the T2 choke, blah, blah, blah. Um, what we find is those guys will normally, you know, they're going to double check you. They're going to go out. They don't take them on. They're going to go out, grab that particular. They're not going to go through all the loads and all the different chokes. They're going to go grab that load, that choke, go shoot it, shoot it on the water, if nothing else. And go, okay, they didn't lie to us. They didn't do anything else. This worked. This is great. Uh, it took the guesswork. You know, guys spend a lot of times, you know, look how long you train your dog. It's just uh, they're training their dog. They're getting their boat ready. They're, they're leasing land. They're doing this. They're stringing decoys. They're doing everything else. 
um, they kind of say, you guys get my gun ready. And that, that's what we're here for. Because like you said, when the most important parts, when you get done is you got to hit them when they come in, you can do everything else correctly. And if still, if you're shooting, uh, wads of nothing up in the air, you're, you're not bringing any ducks home with you. And so, uh, that's what we try to do. We try to do it. So all the guesswork's done. Um, your gun likes this, uh, there you go. And, well, I've, uh, I've seen it so many times, Rob, about where a guy comes on a hunt and he might not have his gun and they, you know, they were, they're going to shoot one of our guns and then they struggle. And, and I know that that gun's on and I could probably take that gun and hit a duck. And now there's a lot of factors that go into that part of it. Once the gun's set, you mentioned something in there. It's, you said the words, your gun Compton alluded to it. It's your gun, your specifications, what your gun likes. There are shooters out there that could grab a BB gun and go hit because they're proficient marksmen, but that doesn't happen day in and day out. When you have the, the, the gun set up for you and you got your, your pull, everything it's measured for you and every, the length of pull is there for you. And that gun is built for you with the shim kits and everything's in there. There's still that opportunity for failure, but you've capital, you've done everything in your power to make sure that that gun is likes the shell that you're shooting and that you're on target. You can't walk away from that padding board and go, well, it's the gun. It's the ammo. It's the choke tube. No, it's dead on. Right. Now there is the art of shotgunning and the swing and the, and everything that goes into that part totally. of it. That's where practice comes in. But what I stated when I first said those, those words to Compton is you got to go out and put it on paper to know that when you go out there and you're shotgunning, that you're not behind the eight ball now that you might not be swinging. Right. And then on top of that, your gun shooting the wrong ammo with the wrong, wrong choke tube combination that's what i'm getting at well you know and the one thing into a shotgun it's not a rifle you know we we can put a rifle together and all of us can take it out there and shoot the bullseye no problems with a shotgun shotgun needs to shoot where you're looking not where it's looking so you see a lot of guys that'll go out and they'll say well i, I went out and took my gun out and i put it on the bench and i put it in some kind of vice or a sled and i shot this at the paper and my point of impact is way off well, it probably is. Um, what you need to do is take it out there and shoot it off the shoulder because you're not going to have that bench. You're not going to have it. You need to have both eyes open, looking at the target and shoot and that gun shoot to where you're at. If it don't do that, that's where we come in and try to help. Now it is, it is more difficult in today's world with all the synthetic stocks that everybody's putting on. They, uh, your companies like Benelli, at least they are putting different varieties of shim kits and stuff. So you can change cast on, cast off, up, down, try to get it to where it's shooting. And um, that, that, is, that is one thing that comes in play. But you can also um, – that don't mean you have to go out there and shoot them with three and a half. Bring a box of dove loads out there and, and uh, make sure you get everything on. And that's, that's uh, one thing that we hadn't hit on too is speed. You know, speed kills, and I get it. Patterns kill more. But some of the speeds, some of these shells are getting out there that they're clear up huge, huge speeds. And, uh, you know, everybody thinks that's great. That's not. If, if you're a guy that shoots a lot, and I know you go out and shoot lots of clays and stuff like that and just uh, shoot all the time. Um, you don't want to turn around and say, well, I was shooting 1,250 feet a second at sporting clays, and now I'm shooting 1,750 feet or, <laughs> you know, whatever the case may be, and I can't figure out why I'm not hitting anything. You know, that – comes into play also but um, you know like i said you do have to hit the pattern boards get out and see where that gun's shooting for you and um, that's where we come in if it's hey i've got a gun it's shooting here 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 give us a call uh, knowing where it is for you uh, we can work with that 
And that, that's that's what we do on a daily basis also. Is we try so, to help people get the guns to fit them. I cannot I can't vouch anymore of how instrumental it is in my success of having that knowledge. Uh, and I, if there's anything that I tell somebody, just soak it up. But Compton, person opens that Wildfell magazine this month when they get it in their mailbox or on the newsstands. And you guys, um, Skip alluded to this, and I know Rob's a big fan of it. He helped in the testing phases of it. But Tungsten Super Shot and uh, TSS has become, and Rob with the turkeys and the the lighter gauges. Um, I was lucky enough to be asked to do the hunt, the field, the the testing in the field on our snow goose hunt, where I was texting you, going, "You've got to be kidding me!" Like every other volley, right? Um, what I love about Federal Rob Roberts and Dan Compton Skip is that there's a lot of different customers out there and they make something for everybody. I might, I might spoil myself once a year by going and getting two or three boxes of TSS just to, just to go and hunt with it. Cause it's so awesome. But I'm going to, I'm going to consistently shoot black cloud. Some people love the blue box, Rob. I can't, I, if I had a dime for every time you said you love the blue box, I'd be a millionaire right now. So <laughs> I love that about federal. So Compton, why would you specialize in this shot that is, it's not, it's not, it's, I don't know if I can't say it's not affordable, but it's not cheap to buy. Um, what, what, what are you getting at Compton when you introduce a box of five or 10 rounds to the market for a waterfowl goose duck hunter? Because the turkey hunting mentality, Rob Roberts is different. You might shoot five times the whole season after you pattern your gun. So they might have five hunts in two or three different States and they're done. A goose hunter might shoot 50 times in one hunt, right? What, what, what was the mindset of the TSS Dan Compton? And what is the difference between TSS and what's that wildfowl in consumer going to get when he or she purchases a box of TSS? Well, so metals are measured on what's called like grams per cubic centimeter. You know, so if you take a cubic centimeter of steel and you put it on a scale, it's gonna it's gonna weigh seven point six grams. If you take a cubic centimeter of bismuth, it's gonna weigh nine point six grams. Lead is gonna weigh twelve or eleven. And then you get into tungstens and it's gonna be either thirteen, fifteen, or TSS is eighteen. So you have twice the mass in a projectile. So think of two objects going at the same speed. The one that has more mass behind it is going to hit harder. And I've used te- tennis balls and baseballs as my example. You know, a, a baseball going 50 miles an hour, a tennis ball going 50 miles an hour, the baseball is going to hit a hell of a lot harder and hurt a lot more. TSS is the baseball in that analogy. So like when you opened it off and you said the most ethical thing we can do is kill the bird, right? It's just straight physics that a denser object going, f- going at the same speed is going to hit harder and kill more. So if you... You know, if you're if you're duck hunting and you might be puffing feathers off them with steel, you're gonna kill them when you hit them. And that's and that's the point. Some people want the most lethal, the best load they can have, and and it's gonna be a tungsten. And what we do on waterfowl is we mix it with steel together to fill up the payload inside the shell, and uh, and we call that black cloud TSS. But the 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 other side of that is there is a price to it. Tungsten goes on the world market at about forty-five bucks a pound. Lead's about a dollar and a pound. You know? So it's, uh, it, it's a big increase. But like Skip, you you led to shooting tungsten is a, is a game changer. It's 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 just crazy. It changes the whole game. I mean, I wish I could afford to shoot it all the time. But I'm a predator hunter too, and the things we did to coyotes at distances that Terry Denman wouldn't talk about on TV. He'd walk it off three times as an engineer, and he's like. Actually, it's about over 80 yards, and he knew it was a lot further than that. It's crazy because it changes everything because you can use a smaller diameter shot that's so much denser, 
that it reduces the drag in flight, and suddenly the smaller diameter shot has more energy downrange. And you know, conventional wisdom's always said a large buckshot type shot maintains more baseball type energy, but it also has drag because it's much larger in diameter, and it also balls up on fur and feathers and doesn't penetrate as easy. The tungsten penetrates much better too because it's smaller diameter. It's just murder that stuff, but it's not really central to the dialogue for most of us. Unless you're going on a swan hunt or a goose hunt where you're only going to shoot three geese yeah. or something like that, then it's relevant. Or turkeys. Like the Come on, I want to ask Rob something. Rob, is that okay, Chad? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Rob, you remind me so much of Terry Denman. He told me you two went after crocodile hunting together, and I'm now I'd love to have been a, a fly on the wall. Are you, <laughs> sure, you sure you're not from Monroe, Louisiana? But uh, <laughs> I wanted to, before we, if in case we don't get to it, I absolutely wanted to ask you when, um, we were all steel shot came out a million years ago. We we're all forced to shoot it. Conventional wisdom then said, everyone said an improved cylinder when you're shooting steel is just like a lot of people didn't even have removable chokes back then. And they were like, an improved cylinder is a lot like shooting modified choke. And a modified is a full when you're shooting steel. And I stood in a cornfield in a, in a Southern Alberta with Terry Denman. And I was insisting on shooting the T3, you know, the tightest one. It's the T1. I, I get them mixed up, but your tightest choke. And he's right. like, you don't need to do that, Skipper. He's like, you know, you never need to go below below a modified full modified full for a steel shot. You just don't you don't need to do that. I'll get Rob Roberts on the phone right right now here in the cornfield. <laughs> He's ready to call him. And I'm like, no, I've seen the performance when I use the tightest one with steel. I've shot snow geese at distances that I won't talk about on TV. Um, and it's worked for me. But he said, you don't have to. What's the truth behind steel shot and choke? You don't. When you're dealing with some of that old steel, like what you're talking about, it's not flexible. You know, where you can constrict some of this other stuff down, you know, you can, you know, your lead and stuff, you can take it down, you get it really tight. Well, especially the old type steel, where the wads were the old style and all that kind of stuff. When you get too tight, it just actually caused it to distort. It's just on a turkey load. If you put too tight a choke in on your turkey stuff, you've got a more open pattern. You think, well, you know, I need to tighten it down. No, in reality, you get to a point where it's too tight, especially using such as like the Benelli with tight bores. So the T2, actually, that gun just really, really loves that that side. But um, um, we've we've taken them out. um, uh, The other side, the steel shot, and some of this other stuff that you were talking when you got into the TSS was – I'm an old timer on, especially on turkeys. In the old days, I wanted to shoot nothing but lead fours. I wasn't going to shoot if I shot, you know, if you have a coyote walk in and he's got a real mean look in his face and you're scared and you have to shoot him in the face just because, you know, he was there and, and you're scared. I got to rephrase that. You're scared, (laughs) but the fours will go in and flatten out. You're killing the game due to shock. You know, that's the shock part taking it over. Well, today's world's not that way. You got this TSS, and you'll see I played with some on ducks to the point where, you know, when you're shooting these ducks, and you notice when you go breast these birds out and everything, there's no shot in them. They've went completely through them. So instead of looking for shock where, like, lead would go in and hit, using that's why you wanted the number fours to carry the weight and hit, flatten out, and give the shock to kill – that ain't the case. Now you're using smaller shot that's heavier, and it's going through and it's breaking the bones. You're after bones, so the more the merrier. So you're getting away, you know, like on that TSS stuff, you're you're getting number eights and nines doing the damage that the way more damage than the old fours did. It wasn't that they're flattening out; it's just breaking, it's killing them harder. It's going straight through them; and they're hitting the ground. But but what about just what about regular black cloud, Rob Roberts, and why? Wh- 
how would you educate me on Skip's question of the choke tube constrictions well, and the and well, the we, shot? Yeah, what, what do I use a T in. do I use a T two when I'm when I'm shooting decoy and ducks with with federal three inch number twos or do I use a T three or do I use a T one? What is right anymore with the technology? You've got certain people that uh, their their focus is I'm not going to shoot anything but this super tight choke, you know, so you're, you're going to have that guy, but in reality, we'll take them out here, even, even with the black cloud at 40 yards. And we did extensive testing with, we use number twos, three, three and a half. And we were going out there and we were shooting at 40 yards. We were actually getting tighter patterns with the T2 over the T3. And, and, um, it, like I said, Benelli is one of those situations that, uh, it really, you find a gun that really likes, that constriction, it goes with the bores. The bores is what's coming in play. Like a Benelli with a T2 and Black Cloud is poison, even on your long range, even on your geese. If you see me in a goose pit or whatever, that's what I'm going to have in there. And I've got a lot of buddies that's come to the shop that are serious, serious waterfowl guys. And it's like, I want a T3. Can you make me a tighter one? And um, uh, they'll go out here and we pattern, pattern. I said, try the T2, um, you know, at 40 yards. Try the T2. And finally, it's like, okay, let me do it again. Uh, oh, because the T2 would outperform it. We'll do it again. Do it one more time. Okay, do it. Okay, yeah, I'm going to shoot the T2. And and uh, now, certain guns, let's uh, pick on some, you know, pick out a different one. Let's say a Browning or a Winchester or something that's got a really big bore on it, you know, up around a 742 bore. Um that's where your T3 is coming to play. But if, uh, without getting into too much, what happens is a T2 and a Benelli due to bore diameter is actually tighter than a T3 in a Winchester Super X3 or 4 or something uh, because of bore diameters. And so that's that's kind of where you get into it. You still find a happy medium. You don't want to put a turkey choke or get extremely too tight. And the reason we do our, like our triple threat series, a T1, T2, T3, is to get out of that conversation where you want to improve mod or you want to mod or you want, we, we try to wipe that out of the way. So that's just something else to think about while you're out there hunting. We like for them just screw this in, use this shell, kill. And um, I, I think it helps people's confidence and, and they, they work out better as long as it's working. And, you know, if, if we're taking them in pattern, it, it's working. So Compton, uh, going off of what Rob just said, and you heard me say uh, what my combination of choice is, how much does the wad play into what Rob's talking about with bore diameter mixed with his choke tube system? You got those two components. And now once that primer, once that firing pin hits that primer and it's activating the powder burns and the shots coming down the muzzle and it reaches the, it goes through the, where the forcing cones are. And I want to get into that with Rob a little bit. Cause that's really, really a cool deal that he does there. But what is the wad doing Dan with the new engineering of the black cloud flex wad? Why is it significant to the success that I'm consistently getting? And when Rob was in Colorado with me, we would just look at each other and shake our heads like, Wow, these are you know these are eleven, twelve pound giants that are just hitting the dirt dead, not even twitching a foot. Why? What is the wad playing, and why is it significant with the success? Flight control wad is designed like a traditional wad comes out and it goes like this, and it spreads out like this, and the shot disperses. The flight control wad has what we call like an air brake on the back, so the muzzle pressure is going to have this muzzle blast behind it. The wad leaves, and the muzzle blast makes it flare out from the back. 
and that acts like an air brake. So then the wad slows down and the shot goes forward. So talking about, you know, the, 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 the different um, choke diameters that you have going on are going to affect how that muzzle pressure comes off. So that's why not necessarily having the tightest choke is going to be the give you the desired effect that you have because it all depends about how much muzzle pressure and how you're, how quickly that muzzle pressure is getting out the back of the wad. But in essence, the flight control wad works by the, the, the muzzle blast, so to speak, to the layman is what's opening up the wad, slowing it down and letting your shot go forward. And, 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 and one of the reasons for the redesign of the wad was that air brake system that you're talking about and what, and that is going to do everything from the, as soon as the shot leaves the muzzle, is it going to go down range in a different formation than you were getting with the original wad? No, it should release exactly the same. The, the reason we changed the, the wad and, and, you know, I'm sure we could have a long discussion with Rob about it, but there is people that shoot ported choke tubes and ported choke tubes vent gas to the side. And if you're venting gas to the side, you didn't have as much, as much muzzle pressure opening the back of the wad and the wad wouldn't consistently give it a time. So our answer was, well, you don't need a ported choke tube because that's why we designed the wad this way. Uh, but we did know that there was a portion of the market that was, you know, shooting ported choke tubes. So that's why we went back and made it work for that use. But at the same time, it's still as deadly as there's ever been a wall oh, out of a, out of a non-ported choke tube. Absolutely, that was the um, and and I the goal of the project was it had to be as good or better. So we had to gain a, a pattern proficiency, and the the number we settled on was five to ten percent, and that's about where it landed. From if you were shooting black cloud in the past to, to the black flex control flex watt, on average you'll see a five to ten percent pattern efficiency increase. How, say that one part again. So if you were shooting from the old black cloud to the new with the flex wad, you would see a pattern that had a five to 10% increase in pattern density. So, or efficiency. So we're putting more pellets within that 30 inch circle at 40 yards than we were before. You know, tighten where we're tightening it up. Okay. Compton. So when that, when that man or woman is reading their wild foul this week and they're making that decision on what they're going to take to, let's say Canada's open. Let's cross our fingers that it opens. Maybe not, but maybe North Dakota, maybe South Dakota. Maybe it's early season goose hunt up there in Minnesota or North Dakota. What can we, what can we tell them on the choice that they make on what there are, what, what they can expect from day in and day out of your product on that they're going to get out of that box of ammunition as far as the culture that's built around federal is what, what is the main thing that they're going to get out of a box of federal ammunition? And I know that consistency is the first, the first word that comes to mind. Is that the number one most important thing to end this conversation with? We're not a hundred percent done, but I'm getting towards the end of it. I want that reader to pick up that book and they're going to go in there and they're going to say, I I'm choosing federal because of this. And now I have to, the proof has got to be in the pudding because they listened to this podcast. They read with the gear review. What can you tell them that they can expect? Is it a hundred percent the best that they're going to get out of it? Is there something that's comparable out there? Is it worth the money that they're going to spend on the federal ammunition? Is the testing been done day in and day out that you guys are the most reputable, credible company there is and brand of ammo? What can Skip provide to his readers that's going to give them the confidence to buy federal when they go to their retail? I, I think you, you hit on it 
and it's kind of like the theme of the whole gear issue and what we talked about today. You know, you said you you got your you got your T2 choke tube, you got your Benelli, you got your ammo. What we're talking about is a system, right? The system of shooting is, and then our we're the human element of that. So we're talking about you know where wads that are going to be consistent. We got the best shot you can find. You got flight stopper shot that adds some of that flattening out factor that that Rob was talking about. We're putting all that together, but I think as a consumer, when you read that, say there's this whole team of people, there's all these experts that are putting time, money, energy, here's your, you know, for this fantastic product, it's confidence. You know, we're selling confidence that if you have your Benelli shotgun and you got your Rob Roberts tube and you got federal ammo, the next part is up to you because you know, when you pull the trigger, it's going to do the same thing every time. And we're taking care of our part of that system. I love that. Rob, what would 100%. you you agree with that the system confidence is the main thing if you if you have the confidence that you know that your stuff's working when you go out there you you're not worried that hey have you ever heard of this have you ever heard of this stuff you know uh well yeah everybody like that. that's good stuff <laughs> you know that you're going to go out there that's it's a hundred percent and you put the confidence and then you actually put stuff that works you know you know it works it's proven and uh you, you just have a lot more successful hunt um it is, you know, and one thing that about that, the wad design and everything, and that's so much different than the other. And so one thing I didn't mention when you was asking the different choke tube constrictions and stuff, the, the black cloud is actually, it's not for close up work. You know, if you're, if it's, it's actually almost a choke in itself, you know, I mean, it, it is holding things tighter. So when that, that's part of that T2 holding good is because, uh, it's uh that's that's what it likes and you know it, it's holding it tighter it's not just falling it's not a spreader load by any means and uh that's why it hits harder that i mean and that's to me that's being a sportsman i want to hit it hard and uh so that's that's good stuff robin at rob roberts custom gunworks are you an american owned and operated company and and how important is the American duck hunter, the American duck hunting culture and what Skip does with wildfowl? How I, I asked this question to Fred Zink. Do you ever, you walk into a duck lodge and if they don't have a wildfowl magazine sitting on the coffee table, I walk out because I lose all, I lose all trust right there. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, it's not working for me, right? It's just, it's like going into a bathroom at a barbershop or a barbershop when I was a kid. If they didn't have Hugh Hefner's lovely magazine, I was out of there. I wasn't getting my hair cut then. That's probably why all my hair fell out. But what I'm trying to say is that we have a responsibility to, we, we, we tell people what we believe in, but now we have a responsibility to perform. You're an American made company in Arkansas with the, 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 the testings there, the proof is in the pudding. How important Rob is this culture is the wildfowl magazine is the relationship with Dan Compton and federal and, and Jason and, and the, in the, in the Nashes. And this culture is so special. How does it still light your candle and your wick every day at 73 years old to get up and still go as hard as you go every day? <laughs> well, I'm a hundred percent. And yes, we are a hundred percent. We actually sent steel back to Alabama where it came from because we found out it was made in China and we will, I have a really ugly thing towards that. It's got to be us steel. Or we won't use it, but the, um, hundred percent, you know, we've got, I've got family. I've got a nephew's 17th year in special forces that real proud of got to see him last week going over stuff. And, uh, no, we're, we're USA guys. There's, there's no doubt about it, but the culture you talk about, this is, 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't think of it as a dying breed. I think, I think they're standing strong. And I think once, uh, <laughs> once all this political stuff gets over and, uh, I mean, when we have our civil war, I think it'll be the duck hunters against the rest of the world, you know, uh, hopefully that don't happen, but uh, it's great to know you got people where there's lots of ammunition. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I think you should run for office and, or at least oh, be yeah. like, a, or at least be a speech writer. Compton, 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 if you think about the, the, just the overall encompassing friendship that has come out of this industry and you can geek out and have the kind of conversation that we did today and then know that this caught this, this system that you speak about sensei and, and the memories that that system is built for me and, and written for me and watched with my own eyes and shared with good friends, everybody on here I've shared hunts with um, everybody that's ever been on this podcast. I think I have, I just don't, know of a better way of living a better life of being a provider uh, a, a hunter a gatherer and to have the confidence in your equipment that skip takes the time to lay out to this reader that they are going to entrust in a company like rob roberts custom gunworks and federal premium ammunition i just don't know of a better way to live that you can sit here and talk about it geek out about it and then go out i know that you can go like Man, this Titleist golf ball is awesome, and this Callaway putters are whatever, dude. I get it. I suck at golf. There's, but I'm telling you right now that Duck Camp and the memories that come out of Duck Camp are so much prevalent to me than a golf course or around a golf. And I'm not putting down golf. I'm just saying that there's something special about what we've experienced the last decade, Dan Compton. And when you tell people to trust you and you put your name like Federal does and Rob Roberts does on this gear, we have to understand that we are doing more than selling a box of ammo and a choke tube system to this consumer. We are literally giving them at their fingertips a pencil or a brush to literally paint the best days of his or her lives for the rest of their lives to share with their kids, their grandkids, their friends, their uncles, their aunts, their nephews, their best friends, musicians, military, janitors, bus drivers, pilots. I can go on and on because hunting is the common denominator that brings so many walks of life together. And it might be for two days at duck camp. It might be for a week at deer camp, but there is something that is shared through this system we talked about that is more then taking that magazine and going, I'm just going to go buy Black Cloud and uh, this, this thing with this green RR on it. It's more than that. And that's what I love about this culture. And that what you've pre that you always talk about, Dan, is the memories and the songs and the meals and the cold beer after a successful hunt or a photo shoot and a high five. There's way more than just ammunition coming out of that Rob Roberts choke tube out of that Benelli. It's so special and endearing to me that we owe it to this reader of Wildfowl that they have to understand that it's more than just a purchase at the cash register. When you buy federal and Rob Roberts and this system we talk about, you are creating a lifetime of memories for you and the people that are going to be in that duck blind with you. And that's, that's how I feel about it. And that's why I go into every duck hunt with just, wow, man, I got to pinch myself that I actually get to do this for a living. All of us are so lucky to be sitting here and doing this going into 4th of July and our country's independence. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited guys. And when we come out of this on the other end of this quarantine, Compton preach to me a little bit like Chuck D and Flavor Flav with, with the big clock and freaking public enemy. <laughs> just tell me something that what you just heard me say rings true with you. It, it does. I mean, you know, like you said, we've worked together almost 10 years and it's, it's been more than just, well, let's say chance of ammo and, you know, have fun, Chad. You know, I mean, we, we try to go out there and live it with you. And I know when I got product ideas, I've called you and said, Hey, what do you think? Um, 
I've had a ch- I've hunted with you. I've hunted with Skip. We've only met each other a few times, but I think if, let's say I met Skip and we just went out to dinner. You know, yeah, we went out to dinner, but because we were hunting, we had that a lot more of a of a bond and relationship. So the next time I see Skip, I'm gonna go up and give a hug. You know, maybe I would have after one dinner. <laughs> I'd be careful um, hugging. Rob, really. Rob's the only guy on the call I haven't had a chance to hunt with, but I know well, if I. I want to go to Skip's back porch when Skip's not home and those uh, little kitty cats that come off the mountain behind his house. And I want to have a field day with them. But if he's home, I'm afraid I'd get in trouble. He's got some really cool cats that comes to his house. We actually well, called I, in a huge mountain lion last year elk hunting, just cow calling. Ran right up to 50 yards. We had to stand up and wave at it. Enough, big dude. Go away. That's that's it gets back to what uh, – Chad was talking about earlier about just calling animals. It's, it's a unique thing. Um, oh. And Dan, you did in fact see me make the longest shot on a bluebill in the history of the world. Very uh, place. We had. <laughs> I stroked one at an irresponsible distance on a slow day at the fringe of shot range, and it and it, it uh, flared out, sailed a little bit out on the ice. We didn't know quite how far, but it landed with his head up, and we felt pretty bad. Guys are blaming away at it. And don't let this go to your head either, Robert. But I uh, <laughs> I unscrewed my chug, said, hang on, guys. <laughs> Went with the T3, put it on my knee, aimed it like a rifle. Boom! And that duck's head flopped right over. Dan saw it. I wouldn't even bring this up, but there were about... 13 witnesses that day yeah, and the guy from the uh, final approach young man to hell on, hell on wheels with a goose call was standing behind me i said dude that's got to be 80 yards and he goes every bit of that and he pulls up the bushnell range finders and he goes he goes it's 108 from where i'm standing and 103 from where wow. you're sitting he ranged it three times and all wow. the geeks dan and uh, the engineer that was there just started he must have held at that range the pattern would be dropping he must have held high no no he got a ricochet off the ice wow me and just they started geeking out and he's like the guy decided <laughs> that half the pattern would still be in the air probably the bird just you know heard the gunshot and had enough and died right but it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a Enough. But Compton, the, 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 the end result of what you were saying before the story was it is special and we're very lucky. And I think it's awesome that we all get to have people that entrust in us. And I, I wanted to make sure that we came across in a way that there are other systems out there. I, I truly believe in this one. And I, I, I've seen it proven day in and day out. I can't tell you how many times I, I couldn't even count them. I couldn't, I couldn't, I could sit here and tell you a story for the next 10 and 10 years about what I've lived through this system. And I've seen it. I've been in Argentina. I've been in Uruguay. I've been in all over Canada. I've been all, I've I've hunted everywhere. And I, I know you guys have too. And it's just, it works. And that's what I loved about what you said is that this is a system. So as that man or woman is reading wildfowl, again, just like we talked about in duck call, skip Knowles, educate yourself call these guys, call the shop and Rob might not be able to get to you that day, but he will get back to you and talk to you. One of his people educates you call the federal company and ask them, what is the difference? Find out from their engineers what's going on. There is a way to get content and information in today's world. And that's what I love about federal Rob Roberts, wildfowl. It's readily available. It's going to even be more readily available with what wildfowl is getting ready to do. So keep that in mind as you get your gear issue this week check out rob roberts at rob roberts custom gunworks.com federalpremium.com look for their instagram accounts call them up become friends with them 
Let's all get on a hunt. Let's all stay safe. Let's all wish America a happy birthday. Let's all support our leadership in this country. And let's break down some of these barriers that we are facing. And like Rob said, I hunt, therefore I am. I'm Chad Belding. This has been another episode of the Foul Life Podcast, Wildfowl Gear Issue 2020-2021. Have a great 4th of July, everybody. If you hear this after the 4th of July, know that we had a great time cooking wild game on our Traeger grills. I'm so excited. I'm getting goosebumps right now. No pun intended. I will leave it with a little bit of a serenade. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall in the back of my mind. I hear my conscience call telling me I need a shot shell as sweet as a dove for the first time in my life. I see I need love. There I was giggling about the games that I had played with many hearts. I'm not saying no names. Then the thought occurred. Teardrops made my eyes burn. I said to myself, look what you done to her. I could feel it inside. I can't explain how it feels. All I know is that I'm never dishing up a raw deal. Play and make believe pretending that I'm true. Holding in my laugh as I say that I love you. Saying the more. Kissing skip on the ear. Whispering I love you and I'll always be here though I often reminisce. I can't believe that I found a desire for Rob Roberts floating around inside my soul because my soul is cold. One half of me deserves to be this way till I'm old but the other half needs affection and joy and the warmth that is created by a mallard and a wood duck and a boy i'm chad belling this has been another episode of the foul life skip Knowles. any closing words no so i just appreciate your passion and your own in your own leadership in your own fun way chad thanks for having <laughs> me you're welcome buddy dan compton any closing words no thanks for having me man and you, you said like what do people you know when they need to when they read the magazine just listen to a podcast like that and just being lumped in with guys like you as an expert is just an honor to me so have a good one Man, Dan Compton, I love you like a brother. Rob Roberts, I love you too, my man. Any closing words, Rob Roberts? Uh, Just remember, guns and people with the ability to use them is what made this country free. Get out and vote. Yes, sir. Very well said. Tom, hit that button. This is 2AM Logic. The song is called My Foul Life. We will be back with you with another episode soon. I'm Chad Belding. Thank you all very much. Bye.